You're listening to Theological Sidebar, where I, your host, will take you through a beautiful discussion of things that are interesting that come from the biblical text and the crazy world around us. Buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. Hit that subscribe button. Check out our YouTube channel. Um, I think that's about it. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Theological Sidebars. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing all right. Here I am, back in the office. It's been too long. Sitting right back in my captain's chair. You've probably noticed it many times if you watch this podcast. But in fact, it's not a captain's chair. It's a lieutenant colonel's chair. It's correct. My father-in-law gave it to me. I think it was got a better chair when he moved to cross the country to retire. So I'm sitting in this chair. I like it. It's very comfy. It's not broken like some of my other chairs have been. You're fine. I don't know. Sometimes I like sitting in the broken chair. I like to think that I can fix it somehow. Maybe that if I just jerk it back hard enough, it could work. I don't know. This is a good chair, though. I like it. I'm feeling very good in this chair right now. Okay, let's let's get with it. Uh, I'm going to make two videos back-to-back, but not release them back-to-back. Because the content, you need time to... Think through my words. Or you can watch them back to back. I just don't know if I have the time to release them back to back. But anyways, uh, we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower. So here's the sidebar conversation to the day that I want to talk about. Uh, We were in Matthew 13, and uh, Jesus uh, goes through verses 1 through 9, tells the parable. And then he picks up and actually interprets the parable of the sower for us here. So here's the one in particular that I want to look at. I want to discuss... Uh, verse 20 and 21. Uh, and the one sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. And when distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. All right, so let's talk about what that's all about. So here's somebody that we find uh, who is there, they will uh, immediately accept, but they're going to fall away fairly quickly. This is somebody who he says is a temporary follower. It's somebody who he says it's short-lived. That's what it is. They have no root. Now, granted, we know people that you'll see. I think these are people we've all known of. They have that camp high. They get they get saved, and then uh, they're gone. You'll never see them again. But I don't know if this necessarily the ones who fit this category. Uh, it might be that they'll fit this category, but but notice what is very particular about this category. And this is one that didn't really jump out at me until doing this for sermon prep uh, over the past week is right here when he says, when distress or persecution. So distress, this is uh, another word for persecution. And persecution, this seems to be uh, the word talking about kind of more targeted, planned persecution. But it says it comes because of the word. So this is what is important to to grasp, right? Which is that this persecution, this distress, this pushback, this blowback is going to happen because of the word, okay? 
what is the word? Well, Jesus understands, uh, interprets it for us right there at the very beginning. The, the word is the kingdom. It's a word about the kingdom. It's the gospel. For those of us who live, pa- you know, now post-cross um, and resurrection, it is the good news of the gospel. And so here we are. He's telling us that there will come persecution, distress because of the word. Well, what might that look like? In America, you know, I think we're starting to see it more and more, but it's obvious when you leave the U.S., you see a lot of places. I mean, I think I just saw is that Nigeria is like the number one place now. I think 80% of, I read from um, was it ACLJ recently that is it 80% of all uh, Christian persecution murders are coming from Nigeria right now, um, which is crazy. Um but in North Korea is usually number one on that list as well in terms of Christian persecution. Uh, we, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, when we, we start to think about how else that, you know, would do it, what would make somebody recant? What would make somebody walk away from the faith? Um, obviously, the threat of death. Okay. Uh, but, but I think it's much more than that. And this is the one I think Christians need to be aware of is, Persecution is going to come because of the word. It's not just that these people are going to fall away because life has gotten difficult for them. This is people are going to fall away because now they've been associated with the word. They've been associated with the faith and the faith will now leave a bad taste in people's mouths, at least in terms of the culture. And they're going to get pushback. Now, I think this is important, too, because I don't know. I, you know, there's I think there is this side where as Christians, we want to be liked. And we're told to have a good reputation with those outside. That being said, that's a command for us, right? We, we are told to, even the, the, when you look at the qualifications for what an elder is to be, he is to have a good reputation with those outside the church. Um, but the truth is, despite you personally having a good reputation, which you can affect, which you can do. The church, Christ, the word will always receive pushback. And you can't fix that. You being kind enough, nice enough, sweet enough will not change that the world will always create pushback against the word. Okay? I, I, I don't think we can change that. You can be the most loving person, but if you still hold to biblical truth, you're going to receive pushback. So I think these are just things today. I think we're, we're starting to see it is if you hold to a biblical worldview, um, you're going to be labeled something. They're called a hater, a bigot, you know, whatever phobe. I don't get that either. Everything's a phobia now, right? If you take a biblical worldview of something, automatically you're slapped with a phobia label, like you're afraid of them. What are you talking about? Like, I, I don't know where that became an insult anyways. If you're afraid of being called a phobia of something, yeah, I, you know what I mean. You know, if you, oh, I hate to be called a phobe for that. I'm sorry. Sorry. You know, that, that really doesn't hold weight, I don't think. I'm getting at the point is, though, that if you're going to hold to biblical truth, you're going to recognize that the Bible has a lot to say about who we are, what God expects from us, expects 
viewpoints that we are to hold. I mean, that's something that I think is lost in American Christianity is the Bible should shape our thinking. It should change our worldview. The more I spend with the Bible, I should be changed in my thinking and my worldview. And that, guess what, will put me at odds with the culture around me. Even if you live in a conservative culture, right? This is not, a, I'm not talking about you know, a political thing. I'm just talking about like, even just living in a, you might think, well, if I just get to the right kind of a state, you know, or whatnot, one that matches my values, recognize that even in a, the, the, the most conservative state that you could live in, at the heart of what we're dealing with, though, is we're dealing with relationships with people that will put pressure on when you begin to truly live for Christ and let his world shape yours. The things that you say, the things that you believe, the things that you stand for, um, that will always receive pushback because of sin in the world and the depravity of man. And so whatever position you take, you're going to be seen as not nice. Or you might be seen as intolerant, or you might be seen as hating whatever. That goes back to the phobia. You hate, the hate, 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 hate. And, and, and I think that's the kind of pressure these people will not be able to handle. Because I think there is a place, you know, that Christians want to be nice. You know, they want to be known for their, you know, being likable, right? And I just don't think that that is the highest ideal. That as you're living for Christ, if you hold truly to biblical truth, that there is no other way besides Jesus. If biblical morality is your worldview, guess what? You will receive pushback. And that might come in the form of family, pressure, pressure to accept them and their lifestyle or their choices might come from work, pressure to, to get on board with what the company wants to do. And if not face the consequences, you know, pressure to keep your job. And so you post these things, dress a certain way, you know, uh, attend certain things promote certain things. If you try to live for the word, you're going to find yourself at odds at sometimes with those decisions. And these people will not make it. And this will be evidence that they're not saved. It's because at that kind of pressure, when it comes to a job or following Jesus, it's going to be the job. When it comes to being on nice terms with everybody, it'll be being nice and still remaining friends with everybody. Uh, a passage I think would be important to look at too. I'm going to bring it over for us now in just a second. Uh, is this one right here. And I love what First Peter says. Uh, it, Peter says in First Peter 4, um, he says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also in the same understanding. Because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. In order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. There's already been enough time spent doing what the Gentiles choose to do, carrying on an unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, lawless idolatry. And they're surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living, and they slander you. They'll give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. Uh, for this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. I think it's a great little passage to understand what, what Peter's talking about. These are people, it seems, right? 
that they're not looking for trouble. They're not looking to go out. They're not putting things on signs. They're not, they're not uh, actively posting. Granted, they, they didn't have internet, right? If you think that they had internet, I'm sorry I, that, that this is a shocker. But they're not, okay? They're not looking for fights. However, their very actions of no longer doing the things that they used to do, their world becoming more Christ-like in how they live, uh, not participating in the things that they used to participate in. What will happen? It says they're slandered. They're slandered because you're not doing what we do. You're not living the way that we live. You're, you're not affirming us is what's happening there. They're slandered. And so those who persevere will make sure they make it through. And they'll, they'll make it through that kind of stuff. And they'll be ready for those kind of things because they recognize what's at stake. But for these people that Jesus is talking about, at that first sign of pushback, blowback, they will crumble. <sighs> well, hey, that's not an easy one. I hate talking about this one because nobody wants to think about receiving that. But recognize that it does and happen and it will happen. Whether it's for political means or, uh, you know, your job or family, it's going to happen in some case. You will receive some sort of a pushback, some sort of a, a slander. You'll be called some sort of a name because of what you believe. And uh, are you willing to still maintain allegiance and loyalty to Christ? Or will you be willing to put it away, hide it, walk away from it? in order to be liked and affirmed. All right, this is it for now. If you haven't already, hit that like button, subscribe, uh, check out OTXNT. We'd love to have you watch what uh, Dr. Andrew Marquez and I try to uh, bring up every week. And uh, if you got any uh, topics you'd like us to discuss, let us know. You can let us know even in the comments here. I'll find them. All right, hey, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.